DJ PK, it's time for Hot Takes or Toast. We've got our question of the day right here, and it's brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. PK. What? Aaron Rodgers made trolls the word of the morning for us. Packers win. Get the trolls off our back. And you point out that the trolls are also the people who bring the cash. All that interest, all that passion, all that complaining. They bring the cash. Now here, it comes down to the rivalry. And of course, now we got our question of the day here. What is your concern level that Kalani Sataki will take a higher paying job at USC or somewhere else? Utah, even. Jessica says Sataki is a class act. He will honor his contract. He needs to do what is best for him. I'm happy for him. Funny, all those BYU fans who were wanting him fired two seasons ago are now silent. Well, BYU fans are no different than any fans, though. They want to win. Yeah. Four and nine, seven and six, seven and six. Right. That was a three year run up to two years ago. Yeah. So. But now they're quiet. And those same BYU fans, oh, I don't think they're quiet. I think they're ecstatic. I think they're, <laughs> they're running their mouths loud. They're just talking about something different now. Yes. Our greatness. Well, yeah, they're behind the guy. They love him. They love him to the nth degree right now. The U fans who are uh, complaining about the strength of schedule, they're, they're pretty quiet now. Well, yeah, U'd fans, you got to be quiet because you can't say, well, a lousy schedule when all they've done is play Pac-12 teams. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so, one by eight. You're and putting by yourself nine. down by, by saying that. You're in a big quandary right now. <laughs> that you're, you, if you want to rip their schedule, we suck. <laughs> That's what you're saying. There's a meme I literally just saw. It's got a guy who's like sweating. He's got two buttons to press. One says BYU is overrated. One says Pac-12 is not good. Yeah. Pac-12 is good, excuse me. You, you pick your pick your poison. The fact is they've... What are they? Fourteen and one? Is that what you said? Yes, Over eleven and one 15. last year, mm-hmm. three and zero this year. They won fourteen of the last fifteen games. Yeah, I mean that's just amazing. So you can scream schedule, but this year and you scream schedule loud enough last year. Shut up already, jeez. And now this year, you have all Pac-12 defeats, and so it really to being a Utah fan relative to BYU right now. It's just best just acknowledge they beat us. They won. Congratulations. Because you got a couple of things going on. You you have this internal conflict in that you really like Sataki the man. You just do. He spent 10 years there, man. He helped you transition and set you up, helped set you up. And the boss of the program really likes him. The families like each other. So you don't want to go and start ripping them there. And then they've done nothing but beat your conference and beat your division. I mean, it's amazing to think that they're 3-0 and in your division. And they still have one more game to go and then a game against the uh, Washington State Cougars in the north. So you've got those things going on there. It just creates all sorts of conflict for you. So just say, hey, they won. You beat them at 9 out of 10. I mean, I, I, any any series in the history of college football, I'll take nine out of ten. There aren't that many ten yeah. game win streaks in seasons, <laughs> yeah. and I'd have to go look them up. But there aren't that many going on right now. Yeah, in in uh, with a with a rivalry, no less. Not just yeah, a Iowa, series. Iowa, Iowa State. I just read about it, and that was like six. Yeah, and Alabama is <clears throat> like an eight on Florida. I think. 
if I'm a Ute fan, I'm far more concerned about my team getting on the right track than the fact that I lost to BYU. Sure, it sucks, right. but you weren't going to beat them every year for the rest of eternity. That's no, I think sure. Ute fans are fixated on, okay, how bad is this year going to be, and what is the path back? That's the most important thing, not the fact that you lost to BYU. So for Cougar fans, what's your concern level that Kalani will take a higher-paying job at USC or someplace else? Now, just because trolls can't complain about the schedule and they can't complain about the amount of winning at BYU, they, there's got to be something to complain about. Uh, and Dan says, really, DJ PK? The guy wins three games and you already have him shopping a new gig? No, we don't. Come on, man. Bruce Feldman, Fox Sports does. I can freaking verify it, too. Whether you want to believe it or not, I can show you texts. I don't care whether you believe it. I don't care if you believe a word I say. Because when I go into reporting mode, I have got a nearly a friggin' 40-year record. Matt says, none, DJ. You need to quit trying to start this crazy talk. Coach is BYU. You and your silly questions. I'm still <laughs> loving you guys this morning show. P.S. I knew they'd be 3-0 and at this point. So did the rest of Cougar Nation. No, Stinking media. No, no they, they didn't. didn't. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm pleasantly surprised. Know. Vegas money didn't know. They got I hope underdogs they were, in two of the three. A, a best case scenario, obviously, is to win as many games as you play. But I wouldn't have bet because I'm not going to bet on anything anyway. It's just not my nature. Uh, so all these things in mind. And to me, it's not that Kalani would leave. It's that the board of trustees are going to pay enough money. That's where the concern is because the same thing could be carried over to Mark Pope. And Mark Pope is developing a brand name. He played in the NBA. He coached other places before he got to BYU, not just in the West. He's got all sorts of contacts out there. He knows Patino. Patino knows basketball, no matter what you think of him and scenes from an Italian restaurant. To quote hey, it, it, Patino carries a lot of weight in basketball, and he's, he's a disciple a of lot. Patino. Yeah. yeah, so all you got to do is get a recommendation from Patino, and you're good to go. <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean, that guy, you know, he's got some, uh, uh, what, faults in his personality for sure and all that stuff, but on the floor in basketball, the guy's just really, really good. No one can argue that. And so BYU needs to come to the plate because they are set up now. This is the most exciting time in BYU sports history just as it was a decade ago when the Utes were going into the Pac-12. Exact same thing. And for BYU with that brand that they have and the 20,000 and the 64,000 and blah, 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 the potential there the is unknown. really incredible. The combination of the unknown and the possibilities. And I want these guys to stay. Catholic Matt is on the phone, longtime BYU fan. Catholic Matt, good morning. What is that? <laughs> Aren't these great times, <laughs> man, right now? This, this is a fantastic time. Yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. I was debating whether I should even call, but uh, just because the Cougs are on a roll and I don't want to say anything bad to jinx it. No, oh, go ahead. I'm kind of at. Run your mouth. <laughs> run it. <laughs> I'm going to run it, baby. You know, what I want to call about is uh, third down efficiency. I think when BYU, especially against Utah, when they were running the ball and converting those third downs, uh, I think that's huge for this team going forward this year. Uh, there's there's some tough teams coming up, and I'm you know Utah State's no slouch. Nope. Uh, of course, they got to get by by Southern Florida this uh, this this weekend, but I'm watching out for that Utah State team. I think that could be 
and a very interesting game. If if they can get above, if they can beat Boise State this weekend, that would be an interesting game. Two four and teams going at it. Oh yeah, up yeah, in, yeah. Uh, I would love to see that. Up in Logan, that would, yeah, that would be that would be something. It really would. And and uh, you know they got some players, and that that coach up there's definitely uh, yep. brought some brought something to. Ogden, I mean Logan. I That's see what so you did awesome there. For them. <laughs> it was a shot. <laughs> What's that? Anyway, <laughs> Boise State's always tough. Uh, you, you just get in these rivalry games, man, and you just never know what's going to freaking happen. So here's the point I'm trying to make, baby. These guys, you want to freaking go undefeated this year. You guys got a goal. You can't, you can't worry about the outside crap. You can't worry if Kalani's going to take another job. You can't worry if A-Rod's going to get poached from somewhere else. You can't worry about who's going to go to the NFL. You play for today, baby. You play for today. You play for this weekend. You play for the next weekend. And you kick some freaking ass. This is about time that BYU has got some freaking hog mollies up front. Six foot six. Six foot eight, three hundred pounds of freaking beef, baby. <laughs> When's the last time we saw an old line like this at BYU? It's been a minute. Yeah, last year they had it, but it's been a freaking minute since they've had something this this physical. This team is physical. Let's get freaking nasty, baby. Let's get down, baby. Let's get dirty. Let's dance. Let's dance on some throats. I'm telling you, man, this could be a very special year. It could be awesome. And if it is, hey, did you see what I saw? Someone's picking BYU maybe to the Rose Bowl. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You fans would go ballistic if BYU went to the Rose Bowl before them. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 Rose Bowl. I saw it on a tweet. (laughs) That it's true. It must be true if it was on a tweet. It was on a tweet from some dude in Oklahoma who knows everything about football. Because Oklahoma and Texas, that's where it's at. Oh, we're too big for the Big 12. We're going to go to the SEC and get our asses kicked. Well, guess what? I'm glad you're leaving because BYU is going to come in and own that freaking conference. It's about damn time, baby. I am ecstatic. This is awesome. It's a great time to be a Coug. And guess what? what? We're all dancing. All We're right. all dancing. All right. We're dancing Catholic, on the ceiling. Catholic, Catholic Matt Catholic. right there. Catholic all Matt right. dancing on the ceiling. I'm going to cross myself right now. I do believe Catholic Matt has hit one of those drive through coffee places, and uh, he got a double. Double spread. He is so. fully loaded. Yeah, this he got, there's some caffeine in that guy right there. He is all sorts of fired up. These are great times for BYU. Why wouldn't you? I mean, this has been an incredible month. You know, just thinking of where they were just a couple years ago, their legend being fired, and then I'm, I put out, uh, they fired him. No, they didn't fire him. They didn't fire him. They didn't fire him. Yeah, they fired him. My goodness. Let's call it like it is. I realize it's not going to take away from anything that he did as a player, uh, but it didn't work there as a, as a coach, and then they had two seven and six seasons, blah, 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 and it was just, and Utah's, not, not only that, Utah's winning the division and going to the conference title game both of those years. Ranked in the top 10 yeah, at one and, point. And they're yeah. deep into November discussing possibilities of being in the playoff uh, to where Paul Feinbaum, nobody wants to see Utah. Oh, Paul, come on, I appreciate you, but that, that is, that's wrong. It's about competition on the field. and you know, Who cares what somebody in 
uh, Huntsville, Alabama wants to watch. You know, it's about competition. That's the great part of it all. And you were sucking, and now in just a month's time, you've gone. It, there's no better feeling to go three and zero and having be an all against South Division teams because that forces your rivals fans to just be quiet. Because you're going to incriminate yourself. Like one time I was playing pickup ball at ASU, and you know you call your own fouls, mm-hmm. and the one guy says a foul. You fouled me, and the guy says fouled you. I wasn't even near you. <laughs> you're supposed to be guarding him. You just incriminated yourself. You weren't even near him. Why not? You incriminated yourself there. So you got the three and zero, and there's no better feeling to beat those three teams, and then the Big Twelve. Cares Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. What's Texas ever done in our lifetime if you're 10 years old? <laughs> okay, I was about to say. <laughs> what have they done since Vince Young is what you were trying to say. Well, it's back to 05, so you'd be 16. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that's a good long while now. And Oklahoma, given that they're, they're due, yeah, sure, they're a big dog, no doubt about it. But so what? You brought in, you brought in some pretty good programs, no doubt about it, man. Led by, led by BYU. Because if you're going to rank the order of teams that they wanted... Oh, I saw that written by multiple national guys. I know, did B- not, but I just Oh, yeah, yeah. The I, BYU well, I, I don't the, need to see it because BYU it's is the, the obvious first choice in slam dunk. I don't And need, then... Who, who gives a crap about national guys? Because allegedly they don't have any bias, like a local homer Everybody like Everybody has bias. That's true. So, That's uh, why I used allegedly. But everyone has bias. So you take it, everyone has bias. But I don't need some low. I told you weeks ago they were going to the Big Twelve. I don't need some you. national guy to come on and verify truth. Truth is what it is. BYU was the number one choice. These are the days. Kyle says, "Who in the heck would want to coach at the University of Spoiled Children? Maybe Aunt Becky from Full House." Nice, Kyle. Good work. Is that the one who got the kid in the school? Uh huh. Yes. Both of her daughters. What's her name? Actually. Lori. Laughlin? Lori Laughlin, yep. Yeah, now is she in a slam or is she in Sing Sing? Uh, she got. Did she go to. I don't um, think she went to House Sing Sing. Alcatraz? <laughs> Sing Sing, no. Did they ship her over to Alcatraz? No. Where'd she go? Folsom? I don't yeah, know. Folsom, yes. <laughs> yeah, Folsom, yes. Do a concert there? <laughs> Folsom County Blues! <laughs> did she drop a man in Reno? <laughs> <laughs> Just a feeling guy. <laughs> Aaron says, I don't think Kalani is an Urban Meyer type. There's more to life than dollars. You know what's funny is that everybody thinks their guy is different. Yes. <laughs> and there were fools who thought Urban was going to be here long term. Good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, they really believe that. Our guy is different. Our guy won't leave. Urban left the Mountain West to go to the SEC and try to win a national title because he could literally go undefeated at Utah and not even be allowed to play for it. So he was always moving on. Now, if you're in the Big 12 and the playoff system changes, I mean, that's, that's a different deal. And I do think the playoff system is about to change. That's why I think BYU is going to – and it's not just Kalani that he's talking about himself. It's about the budget – the football budget, it's about the yeah. staff. And I can tell you, I have had multiple assistant coaches over 20 years tell me about how underpaid they are relative to well, their Well, we peers. could both pull out our phones I mean, and get on. a recent text yeah, from just, someone who worked there who said, uh, bleeping underpaid. Yeah. And those things matter. 
and and a follow up call like not by twenty percent, not by fifty percent. They're talking about oh, yeah, there's yeah. there's coaches there. If you go across the athletic department, who could double or triple their salary by leaving BYU? That's from somebody who has cashed paychecks there. And I think BYU is going to recognize it, and they're going to continue to work on it. Randy's with you. Randy says not near as high. You know how much are you worried about Kalani leaving? He says not nearly as high. His level of concern. Now that they'll be in the Big 12, that should equal more pay for him and his assistants. Yeah, because even if he stays... You need the staff. Yeah. Nobody wins by themselves. you got to have a good staff. Especially because they can't go out and get anybody who the coach wants. You know, as I understand it, it's a laborious process to get hired there. you got to go through 5,500 interviews and whatever and all this stuff. And you got to... You just got to do a bunch of stuff that... And just takes time and and so forth. So uh, it has to be the right fit. And you got a bunch of guys there who are the right fit. And now the guys that Kalani hired who didn't have that much experience, well, now they got it. (laughs) They've been there for six years. And so they're in their positions. And Tuiaki being at the top of the list who hadn't coordinated a defense, well, now he has for six years. And defense playing pretty good. And now, you know, it's a, it's a major blow to lose Peely as a linebacker because I said yesterday I can make a strong case for the best linebacker. I can make a strong case for the best player on defense. And now he's done. So you've got to find ways to compensate for that. And you want your guys in, – in the way that we spoke of Oresco staying at AAC, Tom staying as AD at BYU, and Kalani staying as head coach, when you got things in place, you want guys to stay. And I can tell you, and this is an absolute fact, when Kalani got the job, he wanted to hire somebody from another staff for a position. I don't want to give out names. And he was told, go ahead, make him an offer, because whatever you make, I'm just going to double it, because I want my guy to stay. Well, I mean, you got to look out for that stuff. Money money matters in in. Especially at a job, it's got to be a risk-reward thing going on. Especially at a job where there's a lot of risk. High Think, risk, high reward, sure. Things don't go well. You're an assistant door. is done in a year. Yeah, they're a, usually a, you're sacrificed first. Oh, yeah. A well-qualified, talented assistant with a lot of loyalty might get two. <laughs> that's, that's it. The head coach might get three. Yeah. So it's high risk, high reward. And if guys are going to get paid other places, they're going to go other places. Because... When you get let go, you're done, and nobody's looking out for you then. I think it's great that they have A-Rod in there. They have someone who has a ton of experience. And it's sort of like a, a you know lower level, obviously, to the level of accomplishment. But it's a Pete Carroll, Norm Chow type thing going on. You know, you've got the offense and the defense, and they're both running, and they're in concert with each other. And so, like Norm had... A-Rod has a ton of freedom offensively, and he's got a ton of experience through bad times, too. Not all great times, but that's what you want. You know, you, you want all you sorts of experience. Scars because and, there's going to be yeah. times this year, it's not going to be a bed of roses this whole year. Everything's not going to be perfect. And so you got to rely on your training and your experience to know and your ability to break down film, all the things that interrelate with people, blah, blah, blah. And... Zach Wilson thought enough of A-Rod to bring him back to Cleveland for the NFL draft. 
That, that speaks volumes. That's right. And he brought Fessy Sataki, too. Two guys off his staff. Kalani being the just, third one, of course. I would just caution anyone who... Um, we got a lot of comments here about this is home and Kalani's invested and and there's a lot so of was Brian Harson at Boise. There's I was going to say there's a lot of truth to that, but don't take him for granted and don't try to push him around because Kalani loved it at Utah and he's obviously got this great relationship with Kyle, but he left. Felt like he got pushed in a corner. Felt like he didn't get treated right, and he went with Gary to Oregon State. So. Yeah, don't, he was invested here. Don't he had a home? I knew exactly yeah, where his home was. Don't don't push him around. Give him what is due. Do what is smart for the program in the Big Twelve in the long run. Those are the same things. I was talking to him one time in the in the practice facility, the indoor thing. It was early on. And talking about you know he's such a nice dude. And he looked at me and he said, "Yeah, you know I know I got that rep." He stepped back and he said, "Don't." piss me off. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And, and the thing said is... It like, whoa. He wasn't it, talking to me. He was just talking about in general. I, I know. I would never do that to him. And people <laughs> can say and you have been told many things but you always look to see if the actions back up the words. Look at his career. I don't think going to Oregon State was his first choice, but I think he was pushed into a corner and he saw this career move that could be beneficial and so he took it. And if things were going great, I don't know that he would have. And I don't know that he can really answer that because things weren't going great at that point. So it's not, that's not the option that presented itself to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But given his options, if you push him around, he's, he's not just going to roll over. I think they're going to take care of him. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Frank Dolce, Ute Insider. What is wrong with the Utes and the back-to-back losses? What has to be fixed? We will talk about that with Frank next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. I've got one question. Is Utah where quarterbacks go to die? Jake Bentley threw for 3,100 yards and 27 touchdowns to South Carolina. He comes to Utah and can't complete a 15-yard out. Charlie Brewer throws for 9,000 yards, leads a team to a New Year's Six game in Baylor, and comes to Utah and for some reason can't seem to complete a deep ball or lost any kind of mojo he had when he came here. So I don't know what's happening with Charlie Brewer. I kind of feel like mentally he's collapsing a bit. My assumption is we're going to see Cam Rising coming up against Washington State. I think you're going to see him starting at quarterback because Charlie Brewer's showing quite a few issues. Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And football Fridays are presented by Stonehaven Dental. It's Stonehaven Dental. They say yes. Yes to free exams. Yes to x-rays for new patients. And yes to flexible appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. Okay, yes. Yeah. Good to go. Frank Dolce is going to join us momentarily to talk about the Utes. PK... Your level of confidence and the youth's ability to turn this around and make it a good season. Well, I'm not into that right now. I'm into Washington State. Just need one, huh? Yeah. Got to get because the next you one? need to have more than ever right now from the Utah football program the tunnel vision. And I don't want to hear that there's zero and zero in conference. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Everybody is unless you played one game and only well, two teams have played. Well, now there's been more than that. Yeah. Obviously, but 
for for Utah, it's not about being zero and zero. It's about playing much better against Washington State. Because if I'm thinking conference, then I'm thinking SC in a couple of weeks. I'm thinking whomever, Oregon in November. You know, the traditional big Stanford is looking good all of a sudden, right? I think that's what Stanford did. You look at what Stanford did, same thing. Disappointing. It came earlier. Stanford loses in a non-competitive game against K-State, comes back the next week, makes a quarterback change, it's 2-0 and since the quarterback change. I believe the Utes are going to make a quarterback change, go 1-0 and since the quarterback change. At Stanford now, the air's cleaner, food tastes better, huh. on and on and on, right? That's what you've got with Stanford. They're they're 2-0 and since the quarterback change. Uh, wh- who'd they play last week? Who'd they beat? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on! Stanford last <laughs> week beat Vanderbilt. Right. It was a smart school. So it's out of the league, but they're still 2-0, 1-0. It's like that first game didn't happen. I don't want Utah to be talking about their 0-0. I want them to be talking about Washington State. Frank Dolce joins us now on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit smartrain.net, smartrain.net to schedule a demo today. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. Frank, you know why we have you on. To fix what ails the Utes. <laughs> Your Utes. Yes. Frank, yep. fix them. Where do you start? Well, we, you know where we start. It starts right up front. And uh, that that position group is, uh, is just going to have to get much better if they're going to start winning some games. I mean, I think there's – I don't think it's uh, – a desperate situation for Utah. I think they're lacking a little uh, identity on the offensive side. We've, we've seen Utah teams go through this before. I think um, they don't, you know, they haven't found the Zach Moss um, type of running back quite yet. I think they have a couple of good guys, a couple of good options. Maybe they're not, they're not going to have a Zach Moss type this year. And um, and they need to settle in on the quarterback, and I think maybe we're we're going to see that this weekend. But but truthfully, you know, when things go well for Utah, it starts up front, and on the and when things go poorly for Utah, it starts up front. So I think that's the place where you have to get a lot better going into Washington State. What do you think of my idea? Stop talking about zero zero in conference. Because that implies that you have an opportunity. Don't worry about that. That'll take care of itself. And the sole entire focus is simply on winning, beating Washington State. And I refer it back to Stanford. They lose. They lose awful in the first game. Make a quarterback change. They beat SC. They beat Vanderbilt. Suddenly the world is looking a whole lot brighter for them. I believe that's the same type of attitude that the Utes need to take. Just worry about winning Saturday afternoon. That's it. Yeah, I I tend to agree with that as well. You know, one week at a time sort of attitude. And I know that, you know, people want to talk about, well, all of the, you know, everything, that all the goals are still in front of this team um, in terms of conference play and, 
opportunities exist and all of that. But, but you know, what? It, it just, just nothing, nothing matters unless you beat Washington State. And then right. if you beat Washington State, then you can think about the next week and you can think about the next week. And, you know, if you don't beat Washington State, then you have to reevaluate where, you, where you're headed. But, but um, yeah, I, I, like the one, I like the one game at a time kind of attitude. And that's always seemed to fit with Coach Whittingham's style is, you know, he just he, – he, he is pretty good about um, getting past a win and getting past a loss and moving on to the next week. And then just focusing on that week. So I think that's a good fit for, for what he wants to accomplish and what the team needs to accomplish this week. So you were on a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about the uh, mechanics. And the mechanics were so good in the quarterback spot. Now the quarterback play has not been good. How much of those mechanics break down because of the pass rush, and is that a big reason to make the change here? Is that maybe they got a quarterback who's better on the move? Well, it's a good question because I still think that if you watch Charlie Brewer run around and throw the ball, you know, warming up and when he's not under pressure and things like that, he's mechanically very good. He's really good. And um, he throws a good ball and it looks right and, you know, everything seems to align. And, And that happened against Weber State. And then in the past two weeks, you know, under pressure, uh, all of a sudden it's tough to, to be mechanically sound. And, and maybe, maybe what we're witnessing is a guy like Charlie Brewer, who's, who, when he's not mechanically sound, then he struggles uh, with accuracy. And I think we saw that. It, it seemed to me that even against San Diego State, when there was a clean pocket or it, it seemed like he had time to throw the ball, the previous pressure was was bothersome, and his mechanics weren't great, and he still wasn't he, he still wasn't accurate with the ball. He was still having trouble with accuracy. So that's a that's a hard thing, and you, you know you kind of scratch your head because you look back at, across his career at Baylor, and he's thrown for you know ten thousand plus yards, and there's there has to be something to that. Um, I still go. I still think that you know one thing we have to consider is that. Um, he, he probably had a different set of uh, assets available in terms of receiving group at Baylor. That was probably a, something that was helpful for him. Um, whatever, the, whatever the case is, if you're struggling up front and, and you have a quarterback that, that is struggling under pressure and doesn't necessarily have a great ability to break the pocket and make plays with his legs, you know, then you have to make the switch to a guy that does, and that's that's Cam Rising. Cam Rising showed the ability to, even under pressure, still have some accuracy with the ball and the ability to break out of pressure and make a play with his legs or downfield with his arm on the run. So, you know, if the if the if the if up front is not going to be a strength, if if you're going to struggle up front, then the complimentary quarterback is a guy who is a little more mobile and has the ability to do something outside of the pocket. 
What do you think about making the change at quarterback? And I think they will simply because I've been around rising a little bit in the interviews, and, and I'm just always impressed with his sort of cockiness, confidence, swag, as he talks about. And I believe that the players see it too. There's there's a reason that Rising was voted a captain. Sure, uh, he wasn't he wasn't named the starter necessarily. They were still in a battle, but he was named a captain, and he he wears the C on his jersey. And so I think there's there's something to be said for that. And he does have uh, he does have a little bit of of that swagger, and. Um, and you have to. The guy, the guy came in, and I mean, his first couple series weren't very good against San Diego State, but it seemed like it didn't bother him. Like he was just going out for the next series. Okay, so now we're going to go score this series. We're going to go, go score the next series or whatever. I mean, just have the ability to shake it off. So I think that's meaningful. And and by the way, when your quarterback's struggling, um, all the other guys around you can start, you know trying to rally around the quarterback but it's a there's a sense of on the team of what's happening if your quarterback's not playing well if your quarterback's struggling that's that's hard to overcome if your right. quarterback is is losing confidence and so and when you have a guy come in there um who has a who shows a little grit it it just bolsters everybody and i think that's what we saw on saturday night Anything else on this team worry you, or is the other stuff coming together now and you're feeling pretty good? It's just getting this getting this figured out. Well, I mean, it's a, I think it's a little worrisome that there we, Utah really hasn't identified a go-to wide receiver. I mean, uh, Britton Covey is a guy that you want to get the ball a bunch of. They did, uh, and Keithy and Kincaid and Fotheringham. I mean, there's a there's four guys right there that are you know very meaningful. In, in the passing game. Um, but I still feel like one other guy needs to emerge, maybe, a, you know, Jalen Dixon or, or Enos or Howard. One of those guys needs to become a go-to guy and a guy that can pressure a defense. And, and so I don't know. I mean, the, the fact that San Diego State was running five- and six-man pressure regularly just demonstrates they weren't too worried about you know, what was happening on the outside. Like, they felt like they could manage that. So I think that's a that's a little bit of a concern. I'm pretty optimistic about the defensive side. I mean, I looked at that game again, and and the defensive numbers are, are pretty darn good. And and I watched the way that Utah played that, that – I, I thought they played much better on the front. The one area where they failed is they, they lost the quarterback run game, which is, you know – that is uncharacteristic of a Utah defense, but they lost the quarterback run game. He ran for almost 100 yards, and that was a difference in the game. Certainly the, the poor special teams play was a difference in the game. The interception put the defense in a difficult spot. So I'm optimistic. I mean, I think the defense took a step forward, and, and if you just look at you know strictly the numbers on the defensive side, um, you could probably say that's a, that's a winning effort. So I'm optimistic about that. Uh, I think that's a good matchup against Washington State. You just, you know, the Utah offense, just this is the week for them to come along. I mean, it's a, it's a group that's going to have to score 20, 25, 30 points a game. They have a defense to bring with them now, it seems like, but, but they're going to have to put a few points on the board, and that's where I, you know, I still there's a big question mark to me. 
So you're part of the group with Dave Fox and those guys. Does a great job on the high school coverage. Really appreciate that. I think it's awesome for the kids in the state. And with that in mind, you saw up close Jackson Dart play at Corner Canyon, obviously. And going forward here, he played at SC, came in for Slovis, and I thought he looked absolutely awesome. Uh, what was your assessment? I don't know if you saw the game, but I'm sure you're aware of it. I watched the whole thing and thought, you know, he had the first pick, pick on the first possession, and it just really, really took off. Uh, so put yourself in the position of evaluating him, and if you're the SE interim coach, what are you going to do? Well, that's a good question. I, I did have the opportunity to watch Jackson play several times in high school. He was very impressive. I made the comment a few times that, I thought he was the most game-ready, college-ready quarterback I've ever seen come out of the state of Utah. And, I mean, just the size, the athleticism, the arm strength, the ability to move, move the ball around the field. I just – he seemed to have all the tools. The one tool you worry about is above the shoulders, and, and it seems like he passed that test in game one with USC. So, uh, who knows, but maybe a budding superstar in our hands. But I, I'm really high on Jackson Dart. Uh, that's uh, that's a difficult situation to come into. He managed it extremely well. Uh, if he's the starter, I think he'll have success, but I also think he'll struggle a little bit. I mean, it's just part of the it's just part of the deal because the game changes. It's it's a speed difference. It's an athleticism difference. Um, it's a complexity of defense difference. Although. Coach Kerr did a really good job of preparing him, as he does all his quarterbacks. That's just a, it's a difficult step to take. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him have success, even as a true freshman. Um, but I'm, I'm also certain he'll have some struggles throughout that. In terms of whether or not he should, uh, he should start, um, he should go, he should, he should be the guy moving forward. Uh, I don't know. Washington State, I, I don't know what to think of Washington State. I think that was a good opportunity for, for Jackson to get some playing time. Um, but USC hasn't been especially productive prior to that with Slovis. And and depending on Slovis's injury, maybe you just give him another week off and you say, hey, let's, let's see, what this, see what this kid can do. It's not a throwaway season by any stretch for USC, but – but uh, Jackson Dart, certainly with his effort on Saturday, is going to make it difficult in the, in the coaching staff room about who to start on, on, uh, in the next game. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jackson Dart start, but that's, uh, you know, that's, a big, that's a big tall ask for a freshman. Well, it's Oregon State this week at home, and then it's Colorado on the road. So USC ought to be 4-1 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when Utah comes calling. Yep, PK, yep. they might they might give you a call, PK. You could probably start those two games and, <laughs> and give USC a shot. I mean, that's... Uh, maybe a couple years ago. I don't know about now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's a good point. That's a good point. This might be just an excellent opportunity to give uh, Jackson Dart really good game experience uh, because those are two, as as we all know, those are two very beatable teams in the Pac-12. Frank, we appreciate it. You're the of man. course, it's my pleasure. It's great to catch up with you guys. Thank you, Frank. Frank Dolce, our Utah football insider and analyst for the Zone Sports Network. I think Oregon State's a little bit better than we may think. I think Colorado's going to struggle to win any game. Because you can't score. If you can't score, how do you win? 
You don't. Yeah. Three ranked teams less for USC. They got the midseason game with Notre Dame because it's back there, so that's October 23rd. And at the end of the year, they got a top five game. UCLA and BYU are both currently ranked. UCLA 24 and BYU up to 15. Well, the Bruins won't be ranked at the time, but the Cougars will be ranked in the top 10. But that's it. They got no other ranked schools on their schedule. They'll be bearing down on it. That might be for the Rose Bowl. (laughs) That's an earlier phone call. You had to be here. PK's not taking that serious. I found out where he saw it from. The guy named Big Big Game Boomer. He's an Oklahoma guy who puts out all these lists of different things, and he listed the... Does Big Game Boomer know that the Apparently Rose Bowl not. has to pick a Pac-12 team Apparently if they lose not. a Pac-12 team? So has Big Buddha put it out there? Not, not, not Big Buddha. Not Big Buddha. <laughs> big Game Boomer. Big Game Boomer. Because I like Big Buddha. <laughs> Always says hi to me when I see him. Uh, he's, he does. He always <laughs> chats you up. I haven't seen him in a while, but he always chats me up when I do see him. When we have Barry on, our Big 12 correspondent, yes. when we have Barry on, we'll have to ask him about Big Game Boomer and see what he knows about Big Game Boomer. Never heard of him. <laughs> me neither. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are talking with Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver. He ought to be ecstatic. That's coming up in about 15 minutes. Stay with us. The Big Show Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Utah tight end. He joins us each and every Monday. He's Cole Fotheringham with us. Using a game is tough, conference or non-conference, but have you guys talked about how the conference race is still there, and it would appear that certainly the South Division is wide open right now. Definitely. That's what our main focus is on right now. Nothing you can do about the past, and it's unfortunate that we've had these two losses. A lot of people have counted us out after these two losses, but fortunately it really doesn't dictate our end-all goal and what we want to do this season. So we definitely have to turn things around. We're not oblivious to that. There's definitely some work that needs to be done. We have to prove ourselves first and then prove to everyone else that we're legit contenders. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Join Hans and Scotty at University Federal Credit Union at the Ranches Branch on Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. 3535 Ranches Parkway in Eagle Mountain. So, PK. Yeah. We were just discussing during the uh, the break the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl. The granddaddy, as I called it. And who gets it together? Somebody's got to win in the Pac-12. I mean, when everybody's sucking, somebody still has to be second best. And maybe you pile up seven, eight conference victories, even if you're not great, because you're better than the other guys, and they're not great either. So you're talking about if Oregon goes to the playoff, is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Okay, Oregon still has a lot of work to do. No question. Uh, but uh, I don't think that the the Pac-12 has to take the runner-up, the loser. And I think they have to take a Pac-12 team. I right. don't think they have to take a team that was in the title game. Correct. So if you win a bunch and you're in the North and you don't make the title game, you could be the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just wonder if you got any confidence. Right now you're looking at Stanford. Any confidence in Stanford, yes. Washington, USC, Utah. No. Uh, I, I can rule yeah. out a bunch of these other teams. I know you don't have confidence in, confidence in Colorado, ASU, Wazoo. Uh, maybe Oregon State's mediocre, but uh, you're talking about the getting out of the conference with a decent record if Oregon goes. So it's not an embarrassment, Is right? That, is that the point? Yes. Yeah, I still do. Somebody with a lot of wins. I do. That'll get your ranking. I do. And who can pull it? But who? I, somebody can. I just wonder if we can identify well, who. Well, Stanford's 2-0 and with McKee, so let's see what that looks like. And 
again, they may could have made the wrong decision. These coaches are not perfect here. Why not? <laughs> just because nobody is. Why not? Uh, so, you have to ask him. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Capital H. Well, I think with quarterbacks, the biggest reason is because the guys who have to thrive with a certain amount of chaos cannot be tested in camp because you won't let your quarterback get Yeah, yet. but they still... And so they know. But they don't know because they didn't make the right choice. <laughs> right. So with McKee, he's 2-0, and and he looked great. So let's see what they can do because I thought they would be better than what they have been a couple a couple years ago for sure. So I put Stanford in that list. Uh, SC has talent, man. They've got talent. And maybe now the constant cloud that's been over the program for five years, maybe that's out of the way. I, and maybe Dart is legitimate, man. Maybe he just is. You think he's going to take the job from Slovis, or this is a warning shot to Slovis? The job's open. We're going to compete. Uh, I'm going to pick I, you, well, but so help me. Okay, you, but you I think that's up. where we're at now. <laughs> right? It's the job's open. That I've been talking to people down there this week. The job is open right now. That's all we can do right now. Because so, they haven't named Dart the starter. So right. the job's open today. So who starts against Oregon State this week? Remains to be seen. But the job's open. So minimally, yeah. the job is open. I can verify that. That's a fact. Job is open. Let's see what this kid can do. If, it, if they go in that direction. And Slovis is not dog meat either. Agreed. And with all the NFL talk around him for two years now. Legitimately. Then I figure he's back in there. But maybe they're picking I don't him bet- know. You, you go maybe with the best guy. But maybe they're picking between NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> so maybe that's and, their deal. And Williams uh, is the uh, interim coach, and what has he got to lose? He owes nothing to nobody. Oh, he's got to win as much as possible. This is launching the rest of his career. Uh, I think he'll be fine. Yes, but, but, but the more you win, the more you elevate your career. Well, sure. You can say that right. about everybody. Um, so he owes nothing to nobody. Yeah. So, Pick the best guy, win as many games as you can. Right. So I'm not throwing them out by any stretch. The Devils, if they can somehow clean it up, but they're 0 for 2 in that. They're uh, 1 for 3, I guess. Uh, so we'll see there. And, and I'm, not, I'm still not going to just disregard Utah. I'm not, I'm not doing it yet. I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not there in the timeline. Let's see part, what they look part like. Part of me speaking from the heart. Well, let's see what they look like against Washington State. Back to the point. Uh, oh, I, if they don't beat Washington State, forget it. It's not just that, though. It's how do you look playing the game. I think they'll look fine there. Uh, but to, to me, it's the next game. It's the SC game. Yep. How do you look? That's that's the benchmark That'll be game. the bigger test, obviously. And then that determines do I what I believe in that team when we get to that point. We're still two, three weeks away from that. All right, coming up next, we're talking BYU football with Dylan Colley, the former BYU wide receiver. Stay with us.